The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Decision 2022 came and went. For those in Guam and across the United States, it either consumed you or just had no real impact in your daily life. This might be the start of the unpacking process that was the 2022 election cycle on this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean Gamatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatautau. The podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at Get LLC. This consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serves government and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Need help on developing a business plan? Need guidance on energy efficient upgrades for your workplace? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Kailua on the Big Island in Hawaii. Excited to greet those new listeners in Bardstown, Kentucky, and in Adapazari in northwestern Turkey. Thank you for listening. And can't forget the listeners right here at home in the village of Santa Rita, Guam. Half a day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is pretty straightforward. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. By the time you get to the other side, it is all complete. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start that shift on your laptop or your desktop computers or just ahead of your planned road trips. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's It, That's All can also be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. Also, the podcast is a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming originating from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcasts today. The smoke is clearing from what has been a fire of what was the 2022 general election. Folks drew so many lines in the sand from Rhode Island to the island of Rhoda. Elections are primarily games of addition as opposed to games of subtraction. Keeping up with it was as consuming as cheering for your favorite sports team. Pick a sport. There were so many things that had changed in the last 11 months in terms of how folks electioneered both here and across America. The days of large rallies and impassioned appeals on TV really didn't change much. They were ever-present. They were full of words and promises. But were they ever important to ensuring people got out to actually vote? This issue of voter turnout can be a standalone talk on its own, and I might just focus on this in a later podcast. Share your thoughts with me on Twitter at Sean Gumatautau. It was a big deal. 
when Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in the 2020 general election. Highest turnout in many moons. But then, blah. This apathy has carried over to many parts of the American Democratic laboratories from coast to coast, almost like a really long hangover from that very contentious election. In Illinois, CBS Chicago reported on election day there that only 41% of Chicago's 1.5 million voters turned out at the polls. Pick parts of that city's west and southwest sides to get help in any race, well, voters there stayed home, maybe just too cold. KTVH in Montana reported that 37.4% of that state's registered voters took part in early voting. Reporter Jonathan Ambarian reported on November 7, 2022, quote, statewide turnout is on track to be lower than the last midterm election in 2018, when more than 43% of voters had turned in ballots by the Friday before Election Day, and the final turnout was 71%. Online publication MassLive.com reported on the eve of Election Day in the Bay State in Massachusetts, quote, low enthusiasm at this year's polls is among multiple indicators behind a potentially low voter turnout in the 2022 midterm elections. That from Massachusetts Secretary of State William Galvin. For Guam, for the 2022 general election was 55.6%. That's the lowest voter turnout to feature votes for the governor of Guam ever. Let that sink in. The lowest ever. As a member of this island society, it was a hard pill to swallow on election night. There seemed to be some thought that there was no way it could dip to lows seen four years ago and the 61% voter turnout to elect the U.S. Territory's chief executive then. A Pew Research article by Drew DeSilver on November 1, 2022, offers one perspective to it. The United States still trails its peers in the developed world in voting age population turnout. When comparing turnout among the voting age population in the 2020 presidential election against recent national elections in 49 other countries, De Silver reported that the U.S. ranks 31st between Colombia at 62.5% and Greece at 63.5%. De Silver wrote that in many countries, the national government takes the lead in getting people's names on the voter rolls, whether by registering them automatically once they become eligible, like in Sweden or in Japan, or by aggressively encouraging them to do so, like in England. Quote, in such countries, there's often little difference in turnout rates among registered voters and the voting age population as a whole. Close quote. De Silver goes on to note that in other countries, notably the United States, it's largely up to individual voters to register themselves, and that the U.S. is unusual in that voter registration is not the job of a single national agency, but of individual states, counties, and cities. That means the rules can vary considerably depending on where a would-be voter in fact lives. Well, Guam had tried to close the voting gap for the last four years. The Guam Election Commission 
doing much outreach since the pandemic to get more people to vote for their elected officials. They even utilized a new statute to interact with the Guam Department of Revenue and Taxation, the motor vehicle department in the U.S. territory, to get more people registered. The end result of this new law and constant outreach by the political parties was a record 59,298 registered voters on Guam. Well, might be short of a record. While this process had previously been voluntary, this automatic voter registration caused more problems that really didn't help the Guam voter. Residents here love the use of U.S. Postal Service post office boxes versus home delivery, or in some places and cases, the latter is just not available. Cumbersome forms and a lack of direction to clarify voting districts cause headaches all around the island. Throw in the fact that many of the newer driver's license holders were not quite aware of their newfound role, but just chose to take a pass on election day, both in the last primary earlier this summer and on November 8th, 2022. The last is more of an observation from me personally. Not too sure if they did not really think the voting process was too important. On election day, I did spend time as a poll watcher in my home village. Those that did cast a ballot were very much of the working class age or older. All walks of life. It didn't matter. There were some young folks mixed in, maybe as my voting district did turn out plenty of people on election day. But other precincts on island were not so lucky. The larger villages of Jigo, Dedido, and Tamuning saw rather paltry numbers. Once an important ballot-rich set of communities, the governor's race was unable to turn out the numbers once cherished a generation ago. A sign of things to come? Well, a problem for sure. Guam voters were simply uninterested or unwilling could have been a distrust of the electoral system or less likely to be interested in politics altogether. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. In Hawaii, the low voter turnout in this year's general election resulted in high turnover in the state legislature there. Rick Daysog of Hawaii News Now reported on November 10, 2022, that the biggest change was in the state house, which will have 16 new faces out of its 51 seats, the highest number of newcomers in two decades. Daysog noted the 25-member state Senate could see up to five new faces. The news story quoted University of Hawaii political science professor Colin Moore, who said, quote, it's great to see that kind of turnover. I mean, that's what elections are supposed to produce as new faces in the legislature. Close quote. The Virgin Islands Daily News reported on November 11 that with a 53.93% voter turnout, that a majority of Virgin Island voters on Super Tuesday voted to re-elect Democrats Governor Albert Bryan Jr. and Lieutenant Governor Tregenza Roach to another four years. 
Governor Bryan said, quote, it was a tremendous win. I really want to thank my supporters for all the stuff that they have done over the whole campaign time. Just tremendous support. The ingenuity and creativity of the campaign was excellent. Close quote. In the CNMI, Governor Ralph D.L.G. Torres and his running mate, Senator Vinny Vincent F. Sablon from Saipan, won the November 8, 2022 general elections there, but failed to get a majority share of the votes. The Saipan Tribune reporting that this paves the way for a runoff race against Lieutenant Governor Arnold I. Palacios and his running mate, Saipan Mayor David M. Apatang, based on the unofficial results of a long and arduous nine-hour tabulation process conducted by the Commonwealth Election Commission at the Pedro P. Tenorio Multipurpose Center in Susupi. The elections in these three areas are almost par for the course. Actions both near and far were driving the electorate to make crucial decisions about the direction of their respective island homes. When I talk to analysts and reporters about the two Pacific elections and the one in the Caribbean, there is this clamor of what happened along the way to the polls. The focus, not so much on the candidates themselves. The focus was on the way these candidates were covered by island media. The Hawaii, USVI, and CNMI press corps are three of the most diverse and simply different of groups. I did not clump in Guam's press corps just yet, but I will soon. The three elections in the one state and the two other territories had all the trappings of palace intrigue, if you will. All three areas reported on the main issues of the day. The media from all three areas dealing with press release after press release, debate after debate, soundbite after soundbite. But did that result in a shift in the polls reported by the respective election commissions? Hardly. There was the daily reporting of the campaigns. Bomb after bomb, pictures of smiles with supporters, ads filled with messages of hope and what the other guy did or did not do to earn your vote. Throw in the vitriol on social media in these areas and what the electorate got was an election cycle in the modern times that failed to really impact the voter to choose their conscience as asked by many a political candidate. The social media impact on the election is going to be studied here and abroad for decades to come. And I'll tell you, it all started with former President Barack Obama in 2008. A Maryville University article on the topic noted that it was that election for president that saw for the first time a majority of Internet users getting their election news online. The echo chamber in the 2022 general election was in full effect. From the Beltway to Dedido, the echo chamber spurred the bandwagon effect. That same Maryville U article explained that social media amplifies and reinforces mass media messages without context or fact-checking, which can affect the public's perception of candidates and their respective platforms. The elections in Hawaii, the USVI, CNMI and Guam were no different. From my perch, Guam's elections appeared to be more centered on the utilization of social media more than the traditional mass media sources. Everywhere I went, I was asked, did you see that blah blah on Facebook? Did you see that blah blah website? I didn't know what blah blah I was sent on WhatsApp was so true. 
There were so many a day over the last nine months that I heard that from friends and family. Even party officials I ran into said the same thing. Folks from across the political aisle from me burned my ear and my phone's data noting the same stuff. A May 2022 article in International Telecom Business Magazine Inside Telecom draws the best perspective on this influence of social media on elections. Quote, Social media has played a massive role in many aspects of people's lives, including deciding their voting directions. This has also resulted in a change in election results and political issues and debates between candidates. What was shown as a simple tool for communication turned out to be a tool to manipulate people's perceptions of what is right and wrong. Close quote. Did this tool convince people to vote? Did you click that I voted button on IG? Did your social media influence your voting behavior? Good questions. Introspective, indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Full disclosure, I voted in the 2022 general elections for a change. Guam is seeing social problems that are bubbling into our collective daily lives. I went to the polls with that in mind. On election day, I went to the polls just before it opened at 7 a.m. This has been my tradition since I started voting in Guam in 1994. Standing in line was pretty uneventful, especially that early. I received the instructions from the precinct official there, grabbed my ballot, the marking began. My vote for governor was simple. Take a look at my social media and work with local media since February, and that mark was a no-brainer. Picking members of the Guam legislature was different. An at-large election, 15 people, I voted for change there. A new attorney general and new members to the Consolidated Commission on Utilities and the Guam Education Policy Board. When I dropped my ballot in the ballot box, I was more relieved than I have been in a while. I knew that my vote, this vote, was meaningful on so many different levels. I did talk to many party folks from both sides over the course of the next 13 hours. There was much relief from them too. No more radio ads, no more pop-ups on YouTube, no more propaganda. I thought that I might have been alone in this. I surely was not. While the political signs are still up, they will be down and gone soon. Stickers on cars will be replaced with that of the next great political standout to come. The radio waves will hear the regular ads for a product or a service for at least another year. Politics in the islands, especially one as small as Guam, can take its toll. Many families were in conflict during this particular cycle. News media on Guam did not report on the events of the campaigns like they did in years past. They will need to explain that at some point. Their insight will be muddied for sure. We on Guam 
may have seen also the death of the political debate, at least a debate between gubernatorial candidates. This community was used to at least seeing two debates for the past three decades. The political elite used organizing such as a way to push out their own political agendas. Their favorite candidate then was suckered into this great cause, if you will. Two debates exploded to seven. Seven debates in seven weeks. Relief that this issue is in my rearview mirror, but sad that our community missed out on at least two debates is still in my mind a, a darn shame. There was just one, though, hosted by the Guam Chamber of Commerce. Actually, it was a forum. Now, this is not a new issue. A Brookings report on October 10, 2022, noted from a national perspective that in elections over the past decade, Senate candidates in the most competitive Senate races have debated less and less. The report also pointed out that the simplest explanation for this trend is that campaigns are more frequently deciding that debates do not benefit candidates. Quote, unlike theorists and analysts who may see debates and campaign conduct in the wider scheme of democratic health, campaign managers, staffers, and candidates have but one goal, to win in November. If debates hurt or do not advance that overriding objective, they may be jettisoned in the same way a losing campaign slogan or policy plank would be. Close quote. Hard to think Guam was so unique in this case. One gubernatorial debate. Um, forum. A quick look. Ohio, Nebraska, and Tennessee did not feature a single debate by the candidates for governor in these three states this cycle. Back to the relief that the election cycle is over. Nationally, much was made about a red wave coming to the political landscape. A midterm. U.S. President Joe Biden is an extremely unpopular president. The real clear politics job approval numbers of the president at the premiere of this podcast showed that just 42.1% approve of Joe Biden's work to date. The red wave was more of a red ripple. Fox News reporting on November 10, 2022, that Republicans appear likely to take control of the House of Representatives. However, control of the Senate remains undecided. Now, once the smoke clears on this election, you know, the certifying of results, that whole thing, things, quite frankly, could go on business as usual. Many lawmakers get a term and perhaps maybe a state funeral. The Guam delegate could do much better than his predecessor. And the governor of Guam will complete the work started four years ago. Our history books will be a better judge of that work in the years to come. The election was about change. If it is change we want as a democratic society, then all eligible and responsible citizens must get out there and cast a vote for that change. And if the vote does not go as you want, keep pressing ahead. Talk about it. Demand the changes and the accountability. Funny. That is what this episode and partly what this podcast tries to do. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon.
The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatata. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatata. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand. Featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.